Hey, everybody. It's me, Stu Helm. I am back with a very special guest, a very unique guest, in my opinion, someone I met on Facebook. This is the first time I've spoken to this person. And um, I met them on Facebook because I posted a post about who can help me list every food truck in Western North Carolina. And people listed a bunch, but one person in particular listed a whole bunch. And she said that she books food trucks for her neighborhood. And I thought that was so unique. I asked her to come on and chat with us about it. Her name is Catherine Wright, and she's here with me now. Hey, Catherine, how are you? Good to finally meet you. Oh, thank you. Same here. We've been corresponding a little bit, and you're, you're not only do you seem to know a lot about food trucks, but you seem to be pretty in tune with the food scene in general. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've lived in Asheville for about six years, formerly from Los Angeles, California, and the food scene here has just grown so much in the last five years, really, and it's been a pleasure to see the restaurant scene grow and enjoy it and, you know, not miss home as much because it's a big change from the options in Los Angeles to you know, moving to Asheville. Yeah, but uh, believe me, I came here from Chicago, so I know from yeah. big changes. And I came here 16 years ago, so you should have seen it uh, <laughs> 10 years before you got here. And believe me, 10 years before I got here, it was even way different. Uh, I bet. The locals. So Asheville is just a very fast-growing town. Um, some Some people including myself, worry that it might be growing a little too fast and we got to make sure it doesn't turn into a giant pile of poop in the meantime. <laughs> <I> um, <laughs> but let me just uh, get straight to the meat of the interview and ask you to, to go ahead and tell the audience or tell me um, how you got started booking food trucks for your neighborhood. Yeah, so I live in a neighborhood in Arden called Ashley Woods. There's about 140 homes here. And we have a social committee that organizes cool events for the residents like Easter egg hunts and chili cook-offs, Oktoberfests. And I decided to join in late 2019 um, just to be a part of the community. And when we met, um, the person who heads up the committee was just uh, talking about how challenging it was to get food trucks booked for our neighborhood. And in past years, we maybe got two or three small food trucks to come and they were okay, but um, we weren't getting a lot of response from the food trucks. So they talked about abandoning the whole idea that it just wasn't worthwhile. Um, and of course, when I heard that, I was like, that's really surprising to me because there's so many food trucks in Nashville and we're a great community. And I just couldn't understand why they wouldn't want to come out here. So I said, well, let me give it a try. And this was like November, 2019. Um, and we were planning for 2020, not knowing COVID would hit <laughs> and basically all of our social events, uh, just, you know, came off the calendar because of it. Uh, but the food truck piece really ended up being the only thing in 2020 that we did as a committee because of the shutdown of COVID. So I thought, well, let me just reach out to some food truck owners and um, see what I could, could do. And I think I took sort of a different approach than the committee had taken before, uh, which is, you know, they kind of went and looked at smaller food trucks and thought they have time. They're trying to build their business. Let's get them out here. I basically told the committee, like, what if we flip that and look, went after a well-known great food truck? And even if we just got one or two for the year, we'd be golden because the neighborhood would love us. So um, one of my personal favorites was Tin Can Pizzeria. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried them, but they're awesome. I gave them an I, award. 
I gave them the uh, best pizza in Asheville. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, not just for food trucks, but overall. They got my yeah, they are awesome. award. So you went after them. Good 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 one to go after. Yeah, decided to go after the big fish, right? Yeah. So um I love them. I, I tried them at the at the wedge before and had this amazing seasonal pumpkin pizza, which I keep telling them they should bring back. But at any rate, I talked to Chris Manis just via email, and he was like, yeah, you know, we really don't show up unless we can get 70 to 100 pizzas sold at, at a venue or event. And I was like, okay, let me let me accept this challenge and see what I can drum up. So reached out to the neighborhood on Facebook and said, you know, if we want a food truck, we got to show up and support them. So I need to get 70 to 100 pizzas commitment from your neighbors. What can we do? And basically the poll started growing and we got about just about 70 responses saying I'm in for the pizzas. So I came back to Chris and said, here's the poll. We're so close to 70. Can you please come out? He said, why not? Let's, let's give it a try. Um, and basically in May they came out and they sold out 150 pizzas that day, like Whoa. in pre, in pre-orders, like not even the line, but they, people phoned in a pre-order wow. and he was like, so happy about that. So they oh, yeah. came back regularly after that. And it was just a perfect storm of like the neighborhood wanting great food. Yeah. Uh, the food trucks not having a place to go with the brewery shut down and, yes. and festivals shut down. Yes. So, so it really just kind of opened doors for us from there. That's great. Um, you know, 2020 was such a tough year for everybody, but it did open new opportunities as well. Um, I, during 2020, I couldn't do my own food tours anymore. So I started working for local delivery company, Kickback, um, on the back end, not as a driver. And, um, I just saw how it was the, um, pandemic and the shutdown really did provide a lot of opportunities to people to do delivery for the first time. Like they hadn't considered it and now it's a regular part of their business. And, uh, and so, it's like for some people, it really, 2020 was just such a tragic year. And for other people, there was this sort of opportunity. Doors opened, as you said. Yeah. Um, so the neighborhood really committed to it, which is a, is important. If you're going to invite a food truck into your neighborhood as a special guest and you're like, you're the one inviting them. So you're basically, you're promising them some hospitality when they get to That's your right. home. And then yeah. that means that you got to show up and buy some pizza or whatever they're selling. And food trucks do oftentimes talk about needing a guarantee. That's what that's that right. Involved. It's either going to be a monetary guarantee or like you said, number of customers, how many people are going to be there? How many of them are going to order pizza? Just as an example, um, pizza. And, um, and, and so if you can't meet that guarantee, it's going to be tough for you to get a food truck to come back for a second time. Yeah, yeah, that's what we found out. A lot of them at the time prior were um require like a $500 guarantee or contract. And the committee wasn't really willing to do that because you're really on the hook for that that amount of money. Um but after Tin Can and knowing we could sell out 150 orders, um we were able to book but intended Root Down, Black Bear Barbecue, some really good food trucks. Yeah. God, that's like the that's like the elite of the elite, um, like food yeah. truck, um, uh, root down. I have also given a best of award, best food truck in Asheville. Yes, they're and, awesome. Uh, I think I've given them other best ofs, like maybe best deep fried thing. Um, and, yes. uh, black bear 
regularly oh, right. on my radar. I've given awards to Chef. Chef AJ got my <laughs> Chef of the Year award, and I think it was 2018 um, when he ran Mojo Kitchen and Lounge. And so there. Oh, I miss Mojo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. And um, and Bon intended. Like this is like cream of the yeah. crop. Um, so. And again, I'm going to say that the pandemic year, the 2020, all the breweries being closed probably really helped you to get those top nine. Exactly. Yeah. I will say that since things started opening back up, a few of those elite food trucks are like, we got a commitment at this brewery or whatever. And thanks for everything. And we'll try to get out to you when things slow down. But uh, a few of them have kind of moved on, like Tin Can, I cannot book again. Root Down has like a, a regular engagement. Black Bear came back a few times, uh, 2021, uh, in the spring, but then sort of, you know, moved on to focus on other things. But we were really fortunate that that opportunity sort of opened up and it was really a good relationship to partner with the food trucks and really drive the residents to show up and support the businesses mm-hmm. without the guarantee and how important that was if we wanted that, that to continue. Um, because it is a lot for a food truck to prepare all the food, drive out here and show up. And they expect to have, you know, a decent amount of business because they have a lot of other options you know, as far as where they can go. Yeah. And that's, you know, one thing I wanted to say on this is, you know, I see a lot of people wanting to book food trucks and they have this expectation that uh, the food truck should come to them, you know, because they have this business or, you know, potential business. Mm-hmm. And it's not really like that. It's really like, a, you know, it, it, it takes a little bit more commitment and a little more work than just to say, like, show up in my neighborhood and you're going to get some sales. Um, you know, there's staffing and, and costs that go into that that I don't think people realize. And so, you know, it's, it, you really have to be a patron and partner with them and just ensure that they have a really good turnout and it's lucrative for them. Otherwise, they're just wasting their time. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why we've been successful in building great relationships with food trucks um, because I, you know, kind of market for them, put together, you know, a document with their menu, push it out via email, put it on Facebook, post food photos. When I actually order the food, I'm posting pictures and talking about it. So that is what you have to do to really keep um, that relationship strong with those vendors, you know. I love it. You just said a bunch of keywords like partner and relationship and promotion. <laughs> like, yeah, like, dang, you, you're really doing it right. Like, I actually had no idea that you were doing all of that. Um, and that is why you're successful at it. And you can't, you said it, you can't just invite them to come and, and be like, hey, if it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. You got to make it happen. Um, so mm-hmm. do you have a special Facebook group dedicated to your neighborhood? We do. We have a private neighborhood Facebook group, which is great. Of course, not all residents are Facebook members, so we push that out via email, too. And, you know, I make the flyers. I don't ask them to make a flyer because that, that's not what they do. They just drive up somewhere and people just order at the window. Yeah. So, I, you know, I help them kind of figure out the pre-order process. You know, is it an email or text process? Uh, I pull information from their Facebook pages and, you know, with their permission and just let them know that this is what I do. I usually post, you know, three days out um, to promote the truck and then a day before and the day up. And so at least then they know I've done my part, you know, and um, we've got a really good loyal food truck base. But uh, we work with great people like Blue Collar Diner. Michael and Sarah oh, are awesome. Yeah. I love them. Also won an award from me. 
best breakfast. Oh, they have some killer food, man. Like their their breakfast and a meatloaf sandwich. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so yeah, good. I used to order their food to be delivered by kickback, and then they got too busy to handle yeah. delivery. Um, I got, I got a couple of kickback orders from them breakfast when they first came online, and it was so good. I mean, I had this yeah, biscuits uh, and gravy meal that I'm sure. Right That's that good. It was so good. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so yeah. I have to move into your neighborhood if I want to eat at there. Oh, I know. I know. We had, um, Blesso food, food. Quan is, is great too. He came out a couple of times. And then that this it? year, what was that? Who, who was that? Blesso food. Oh, um, yes. Quan yeah. and his team. They this do a really killer chicken sandwich. Yeah. yeah. Looks fantastic. And their pictures online and they were well so good by your neighborhood. Yeah. They, they had a great, positive response it was the first time that a lot of us had tried it and so people were like oh my gosh their food is so good yeah. and then this year we had um kinfolk avl emily and brady yeah. they're super nice and they have really great food too like um their kinfolk burger is killer and then they always have something seasonal like their edna's bowl and um i had a killer blt there so that we just we, you know it's really great that we have people who like we know by name and they're really friendly with the residents and people mm-hmm. in our neighborhood love supporting local business owners that are very approachable and relatable. And, um, last week had milk and honey out here. So Chris and Leslie had, um, a restaurant. I don't know if you remember it back on, on Long Shields Road by Pomodoro. Um, and they closed that restaurant and now they have a food truck. Okay. And they came out and they actually had their kids out there at the park, like, Three of their kids, I couldn't believe, like, Leslie had, like, a baby on a baby carrier on her back. She had, like, her little notebook taking orders, and then two of her kids were playing in the park. And um, I was just like, wow, like, that's a commitment to, like, getting your small business out there. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, um, you may have seen my post about going to the Anka Candler tailgate yes. market. Uh-huh. Are you about that? That's okay. Um. Well, uh, there's a pizza, you saw the post, so you saw the pizza daddy. Uh, that looks so good, yeah. Oven. Uh, and they, their whole family was there. Well, their whole family was husband, wife, and little girl running around. And, uh, it was very cute, you know, very family. Yeah. So to get it, the whole family ball, that's cute. Uh, like, since, since tin cans off, you know, with the celebrities now. Yes, know. exactly. They're catering movie sets, a couple of them are, I saw, which, that's great. Like I told my husband, she'd go out there and be an extra for for that sci-fi series or filming in Marshall. Anything <laughs> about that? So you? Yeah. You're on. I, I just said that as a joke that they were catering. No, they they are. The, I saw Tin Cafeteria and Bridge and Tunnel Coffee. I guess the food services there called them out to cater several times. Um, they're filming an Amazon Prime sci-fi series out there in Marshall and it's from the makers of Westworld. So I was like, oh, because Westworld was pretty awesome for HBO. So I don't know what it's about, but um they've been out there like 3 a.m. something crazy. They work crazy hours. So wild. Well everybody getting the inside scoop on not just how to book a food truck, but um, <laughs> celebrities here and you said it yeah. they're in Marshall. Yeah Marshall in Marshall. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't know anything about that, so I, I'm actually going to look that up after we're done recording. Yeah. Um, so you've worked with some of the cream of the crop, and that's got to give you some cred. Do you have like a, a you keep a list uh, like written down? I do. Every food truck you've worked with, 
And how many, how many different food trucks have you worked with? Oh my gosh. I do have a list. Um, I'm trying to think how many now that I've worked with. I would say maybe like probably like 20 or so food trucks that we've worked with. We, we, we try to do only one food truck a week because um, I want that truck to get a good turnout with just 140 homes. Um, It's better than posting like three in one day. Oh yeah. Um, There's probably a core of like eight food trucks that um, I work with regularly. There's been a few that are kind of in like one and done groups. We had like lobster dogs. We had fed a fate come out once. Uh, Yeah, they're great. From him yesterday. And he told me that he's booked solid until 2022. Yeah, I think we had them out maybe twice um, earlier in the year, and then they fell off the radar because they get really booked up. Yeah. Um, so we, we try to grab them when we can. Um, Chow Y'all, they do uh, cast iron Italian. Uh, Matt Cooper, he's the chef there. We've come, He's pretty regular in the spring, but most of them around October close down for the season and do yeah. other things. So we're probably going to close out early season in November, mid-November, but we've been, we've been booking since March through November weekly. So, you know, before it was like just summer, like May, June, and now it's just like, it's been just a great relationship where they just want to keep going and and spend Thursdays in our neighborhood. So both the trucks and the neighborhood just want to keep it going. So it's just, we want to, are they going to be disappointed in November when you stop? Do you think people would be willing to come out in the cold and, and get their food and take it home? If not sit around together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that mid November is pretty much where we'll stop. Um, We haven't had a lot of calling for November, December, January food trucks because it is cold. A lot of people do bring their food home. And I think that's really what changed with COVID too was before they go to the park, get the food, eat outdoors with the neighborhood. And once the COVID shutdown came about, a lot of the people who weren't that sociable but just want to grab food um, joined in the mix. So they pick up the food, they drive it home, and they eat with their families. And then some people still hang out where they feel safe. Uh, we saw families set up tables in their driveway and have a couple other families over and have the kids playing out in the street. It was really kind of a cool thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just been a, a, an amazing run of um, letting the neighborhood try all these trucks, not having to leave and go anywhere, not a brewery, nothing. And just basically outside their door within a short walk or drive away, they can pick up food from all these amazing food truck vendors. So um, I've had a lot of neighbors say thank you for organizing it. They've seen how much it has grown. Um, And in part, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad too that they've just been continuing to support all these food trucks uh, because, you know, you probably hear the complaints where people are like, oh my gosh, like $12 for a burger. And, you know, they don't really feel, see the value in it, but there's a little more to that than, you know, BCI from the food costs and the labor, but just the model that they have and the convenience that they're bringing. And, you know, it's not like a McDonald's burger in the neighborhood. A lot of these people like milk and honey, they make homemade buns. They make homemade patties. This is stuff that is made by hand. It's not like they're ordering it from, you know, a Costco or something and and bringing it into the truck. So there's a lot lot of love and work that goes in it. Absolutely. And the trucks are just as farm to table as the restaurants. And so, and like um, blue collar, you know, their breakfast wasn't like, that it wasn't cheap like a Denny's Grand Slam or nothing. But right. It was like 
hella good. And there was a lot exactly. of usually was like two or three meals for me in one box of breakfast. Um, and, and here's the thing about your people who live in your neighborhood. They have now had, they've at least had the opportunity to try 20 food trucks and not everybody in Asheville can say that like, gosh, I'm not even sure if I've tried 20 <laughs> trucks in Asheville and now I'm going to count how many I've tried. So one of the things about being an eater and wanting to try all the excellent food trucks is here in Asheville, we don't have food pods yet. And um, so that you have to seek out the food trucks, right? You yep. got to know where they are and you got to go to them. And if you're not a drinker, that even limits your choices even more, especially if you're a person like I don't mind hanging out at a brewery, even though I'm mm-hmm. not a drinker. Some people can't or don't like to do that. And so that limits right. choices even more. And so here they are living in this neighborhood and there's a neighborhood committee and they're like, let's try this fun thing. And then it's not catching on and they almost drop it. And then along comes the worst year in our lifetimes and everybody doubles down on trying to have as much fun within the new guidelines as possible. And your neighborhood really came together as a neighborhood to say, let's do this fun thing for ourselves. And let's yeah. support these food trucks while we do it. And, and man, you, you got the cream of the crop in the beginning. And of course they've been like, no, we're off to do this. Thanks a lot. But that leaves you in a great position to highlight other food trucks, like yes. new upcomers and stuff like that. And then all of those food trucks will definitely benefit from whatever juice they get from just the people at your neighborhood doing social media about them and word of mouth. And so That's right. A big win-win for everybody. Still, even though things are opening up and folks can go to restaurants now and the trucks can park at breweries again. Right. Um, so, where do you see the future of this going? It's, it sounds it sounds like a lot of work to me. <laughs> um, and how do you are you in danger of burning out? Are you going to take three months <laughs> off and be full of new energy in the spring? Um, where, where's your future with this and if you stopped doing it, would it still happen? You know, there is a lot of work involved. And, you know, because of COVID, I haven't traveled. I, I work for a company in California, so I normally fly out every month. And so it kind of worked out that I had the time to coordinate with food trucks. Sometimes they want to see the park and they want to see where they're parking and what the power setup is and all that before they commit. And, and I live right by the park. So I've been able to do that. And it's a volunteer committee. We're not getting paid to organize these events. So you have to have a love for it and feel, you know, the your own self-motivation to put the time in that it takes to um, get the responses, the commitment, and all that, and the promotions. And remind them without being a total nag that it's time to get your menu, you know, because next week you're coming out. Are you guys ready? Did anything change? Is the truck in good shape? <laughs> Those kinds of things. Uh, so uh, I am very kind of excited to close the season in November because I've been going since March <laughs> with, yeah. with this. And um, I like the break. And then it's kind of exciting in spring when we, we have the calendar. And we usually re- release like a month or two months at a time uh, to the residents. And they're just like, oh, my gosh, look at this bride. There's a food truck every week. I've wanted to try, you know, whatever, food truck, Fediflav, or um, Papa's, Brava, Papa's Express or whatever. Uh-huh. And um, so they've always been excited with that. But 
uh, I think I will continue to do it because I'm passionate about it and I love um, supporting food trucks um, like Milk and Honey and Scarlet Bee. I don't know if you posted about Scarlet Bee or if I saw it in another publication, but I saw that they had a food truck. I reached out to them. And like you said, uh, it's sort of a good testing ground for the new new food trucks to work out some of the kinks, see what the public response is, and not have the pressure of, you know, a line at a brewery um, the, to deal with. And so they like kind of having their maiden voyage or their earlier, um, you know, outings in a neighborhood like ours where people can go back home and wait if, they, if the wait is too long <laughs> or, you know, yeah. it's not that big a deal. So yeah, um, totally. we have Scarlet Bee coming out this week and then uh, Milk and Honey, Funny enough, they want to come back again next week because the first time they came out, it was a little rocky. The food was great, but the wait times were long. So they're coming back out to kind of redeem themselves because they, okay. they worked the kinks out. That's great. And the neighborhood is like, great, come back, redeem yourself. Yes. Food was taken. Yes, yes. I, I did post apologies to the neighborhood about the wait times because they got kind of out there. But um, they were like, the food was good. We're willing to give them another chance. We know it's their maiden voyage. Cool. They were literally their first first outing ever. Oh, wow. Um, so they've had a couple other runs they feel like they can commit to another chance. So the neighborhood's like, yes, we'll try them again. So I'm excited about that. But um, I think it'll mainly be me. I built some of the relationships with the group, but, of course, kept a document in case I do have to be at work and um, out of pocket. Maybe someone else can follow up. Okay. Um, but I, I'm seeing, like, we're probably going to cut back to more of, like, a spring to early summer season, once more things open up and these food trucks take off, they like to have a regular contract with the breweries and the festivals and other things. Um, so, you know, I've warned the neighborhood, like even with 2021, I was like, things are opening up. I don't know how many food trucks are going to get this year. And lo and behold, it's been nonstop still. So, um, you know, um, it's kind of iffy, but I would at least like want to commit to like a month out of the year where we have weekly food trucks, if they're willing to come out uh, and keep the relationship going. So. Well, that's terrific. And if a food truck wanted to participate, do, do they reach out to you ever, or is it all communicating you to them? Yeah, they, I've had some food trucks reach out to me. So, um, you know, early on, what was kind of nice uh, with COVID shutdown was when I got in can, Chris actually reached out to some contacts of his, uh, of other trucks. Um, I'm trying to remember who black bear barbecue. He hooked us up with them. Um, I think purple people feeder a couple places that didn't have where anywhere to go. So in, in that era, a lot of food trucks were reaching out to me and, and even, um, some catering places. So some of the restaurants sort of adapted to like a catering model, like Ivory road, mm-hmm. um, down the road here, they did a catering for us. Uh, we just pre-order and you reheat the food. Mm-hmm. And there was a place called Mucha Empanadas, which is incredible, uh, that they make these amazing empanadas. Again, you just pop them in the oven or microwave for a little time and it, they're amazing. Gotcha. So they were doing like a monthly gig with us too. So a few of them reached out because, uh, you know, the neighborhood has a bunch of residents and they know people who are trying to start out and basically they got them in touch with me. And we got them in the calendar and I wasn't sure if like the catering and the empanadas was, was going to be successful, but they had a very loyal following and people in the neighborhood still talk about it. They're, they're having staffing issues. So they paused the home delivery okay. aspect of it. But um, yeah, they were just so uh, well loved by so many people who like ordered in bulk empanadas, froze them and ate them throughout the week, you know? That's great. <laughs> 
I love it. Well, this is a really, in my opinion, very remarkable story, like noteworthy in terms of I hope that other people around town are taking note of this and uh, already making plans to make it happen in their neighborhood. Weekly sounds like a full-time job to me, but um, I could see even in my own neighborhood of South French Broad, we have a couple of neighborhood festivals throughout the year, and I don't know if there's a food truck involved, but I'm going to make sure there is next time because Mm -hmm. it's inspiring to hear your story. So I hope other people are inspired as well to do this because, um, you know, someone, I I am putting together this food pod. That's what I referred to earlier. And people have said to me, well, how are you going to get food trucks to park at your pod when they're parked right next to Catawba on Friday and Saturday Mm -hmm. night? And I said, well, I'm, I'm not, there's no way they're giving up that position, but that's really one truck parked at Catawba Friday and Saturday night. There's others that don't have anywhere to park on Friday and Saturday night and might be parked, you know, in an obscure spot throughout the week where people really have to go to them. You know, like there's a lot of trucks and there's more than ever. There's, yeah, seems like another half dozen new ones have popped up in Mm -hmm. the last six to 12 months. And so there's a lot of trucks and they need to get the name, the word out there. So if you can guarantee them a certain amount of sales, they will come to your neighborhood and park. And, yes. you know, again, I used to book bands and some bands require a guarantee. And mm-hmm. that means if you don't sell enough tickets to meet their guarantee, ding, out of your pocket comes the rest. Right. And, uh, you know, going into it, you have to be willing to do that. I've never given a band a guarantee I couldn't cover. Um, and so it's the same with the food trucks. If you can't, if you give them a guarantee and they don't meet and your neighborhood doesn't show up and they don't meet the guarantee, then pay that out of your pocket, have them make all that food for you and put it in your freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been, uh, and this has been one of the best and most informative segments we've recorded for the new podcast. And so I, I really appreciate that and keep, keep us posted. Uh, you're very active on Facebook. So I'll, I'll just be following you on Facebook and I'll keep in touch that way. And you please keep in touch with me with any news you have. It sounds like you've really got your ear to the ground. Well, thank you for having me on the show. It's, it was my pleasure and uh, yeah, definitely keep you posted. All right. Have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye.